As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Sifha Podcast is recorded in front of a live internet audience. Live from a bunker in the heart of the Ozarks, we're looking forward to the fall with the world's first pumpkin spice flavored podcast. It's Sifha. Pumpkin spice hollow. Ooh, yummy. <laughs> I'm definitely okay with that. <laughs> Welcome to Sif Pop, streaming live on Mixler every Friday or available to download later in your podcast feed. Unless, of course, you're a patron. Patrons get those perks. I'm Aaron Dicer from YourMovieFriend.com. Usually I'd be joined by Andrew Ormsby from Flick Freaks. He is out sick this week. Every week we'll be joined by a pop culture guru to chat about movies, television, whatever else is on our pop culture minds. And today's guru, as you heard, it's the Curious Low. Hello, hello. Woo! How you doing, Lo? <laughs> Good. It's, it's been, been a couple months since I've been on here. It's been a hot second since we've seen you on yeah. Pop. So uh, what have you been up to? Not much. I've been working a lot, and then I just switched jobs, and now I'm working almost not at all. So it's great. <laughs> I have so much free time over the last that, few weeks. <laughs> is that a good thing? Is it a good thing yes. that you're working not at all? Okay. All yes. Right. Well, partly because I've wanted to start focusing more on YouTube and everything. So. Uh-huh. Oh, very cool. Yeah. It's it's a calculated move. <laughs> now I know you're I know you're doing content for Geekvolution uh, on YouTube. Yes. Do you have your own independent YouTube channel as well that you send people to, or how does that work? I do, and in the past it's been sort of spotty, but I've been sort of planning to relaunch in the next month or so with more content as opposed to the like one video a month okay. or every other month that I've been trending lately. So, so. do you, do you want to let people know what your YouTube channel is what they should search for or do you kind of want to wait on yeah. that? Yeah. Okay, go no, ahead. No, no, go ahead. It's the curious low. Just all three words all together. Nice and easy. Just well, like I'm known on here. Nice and easy to find. That's also my Twitter. Very <laughs> if nice. You want. Well, we've got a, uh, a jam-packed show, as we usually do on Sif Pop, so we're going to get right into stuff. We are going to talk fall preview, uh, TV shows that we're anticipating, movies that we're looking forward to uh, coming up by the end of the year. I know we kind of get into you know holidays and winter there as well, but we'll go all the way to the end of the year. Uh, and I figured since, because you know the TV season typically is you know starts in the fall, the fall TV season, we could chat that as well. 
Uh, we're also going to take a look at Sully a little bit because we've both seen that. So we'll give a little review on Sully as well. Uh, and, of course, we will start with some Do We Care? And in this case, Curious Low, do we care about the Emmy Awards? I do. Do you um, really? I love, yeah, I love TV. So I'm, I, and I also am kind of an award show junkie. Um, I am so <laughs> I really glad love... to hear that because I was <laughs> feeling like I am in a dying breed. I actually really enjoy the award shows. I love the idea of, you know, honoring stuff that's done quality. I know we live in a participation badge culture, but I just love ranking things and, and knowing, you know, Same. kind of what we think is the best. So yeah, I, I dig the award season. I'm glad that you, that you do as well. And I'm very into trying to like predict who's going to win. It's it's like I mean, and I watch sports, but I'm not super into them. But it's it's like my you know like I try to predict who's going to win every single category, and I'll have like a little sheet where I'm like, okay, this is what's going to win this, this is what's going to win that. I've I've thrown like Oscar parties and like stuff like that. So I'm all about awards shows. I love them. Very cool. <laughs> so what are some of your thoughts as you look at kind of the Emmy nominations? And I mean, we can go through some of the categories if you want to. I don't know if you have them there in front of you, but um, but what are some of your general thoughts, even just kind of looking at the nominations this year for TV? Um, I'm excited. I'm pulling them up right now. But I there were quite a few, and I can't remember exactly which ones they were, that um, I was really happy that they finally got nominated for a couple things. I can't remember off the top of my head what they were. But, uh, but no, I think there's a lot of things that deserve to be on there, and a lot of categories are kind of like there's some good competition um, yeah, no, I think just, so. I, I think the yeah. competition is really good. In fact, the the one show I would bring up kind of as my general thoughts is um, Better Call Saul. I was really glad to yeah. see it get some nominations. And it's one of those shows that I feel are the big names, but mm-hmm. may just be the best show on TV. Uh, and I think I think what's interesting about it is people kind of wanted to see, oh, is it going to be another Breaking Bad? And it's not, but it is still beautiful and very compelling. And I love Odenkirk in it. Uh, so that's the one that kind of stood out to me as one that I'm going to be rooting for, you know, so to speak, as, as it kind of goes through the, uh, the awards. I, and I like, this is one that I'm really excited for. I don't think it'll win just because it's up against like modern family and blackish, but unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt is like one of my favorite shows from the last two uh-huh. years. So I'm so excited. It's nominated for outstanding comedy series. And I am kind of disappointed. Is modern family nominated for comedy series again? Oh Yeah. It's it's a powerhouse. It's, I, but what? But it's got. I mean, okay. Listen, it's not an awful show by any stretch of the imagination. It really oh, no. isn't. But it isn't the great show it was the first couple seasons. And I just, it's one of those shows to me that just keeps getting nominated just because people think it should be nominated. I don't know if they're actually yeah. still watching the show. I do still watch Modern Family, but it's it's not even that it's gotten worse. It's just the same to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it, it hasn't done anything new. It's exactly the same. It's what I expect. Basically, every problem that the people in that show have is that they uh, have misunderstandings. And so anytime somebody talks to somebody in that show, I'm like, oops, there's going to be a misunderstanding here. And then it's going <laughs> to cause wacky antics. And oh, does. no. Here come the wacky antics. <laughs> Uh, what about performances? Let's. I've got the lead actor in, lead, uh, in a uh, mm-hmm. drama up here, and you've got Kyle Chandler from a show called Bloodline on Netflix that is getting canceled, apparently. It's one of the first shows that Netflix is canceling. Uh, you've got Rami mm-hmm. Malek from Mr. Robot. You've got Odin Kirk from Better Call Saul. Uh, you've got the guy from The Americans, Matthew Reese. Uh, you've got uh, Liev Schreiber from Ray Donovan, which I've never seen. And you've got Spacey from House of Cards. What stands out to you there? 
I mean, I always just want Kevin Spacey to just get so many awards for House of Cards. Um, I have not seen Better Call Saul, so I don't have any oh, you have reference to see, for that. You have to see it, Lo. It's so good. Mr. Robot, though. I mean, like, I don't know that he'll win, but I feel like Rami is just... Oh, it, that show is so good. Yeah. And I cannot get over Every single episode blows my mind. So I feel like he should win, but I don't think he will. How do you pronounce his first name? Do you know? Ramy, I think. Ramy, Ramy. I'm I, not exactly sure, I actually. think I, I know that I pronounced it wrong to him at the awards last year. Like, I met oh, him, shook his hand, and I said, oh, I, I love your work. And I either said Ramy or Rami. And mm-hmm. it, whatever I said was wrong. And I felt like such – it happens every year with somebody. Every yeah, year with somebody course. it happens. And I always feel like such an idiot. Yes, I love your work. I just don't know how to pronounce your name. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I'd be rooting for him as well. I think he – uh, he would be my favorite. I think Spacey chews a little too much scenery for me. I mean, it's a great performance, but, you know. Uh, yeah, lead, it's not for everybody. Lead actress in a drama, you've got Claire Danes from Homeland, Viola Daly, uh, Davis from How to Get Away with Murder, Taraji P. Henson from Empire, Tatiana Maslany from Orphan Black, Carrie Russell from The Americans, and Robin Wright from House of Cards. I'm going to start with this one because Tatiana Maslany should win this award every single year until Orphan Black is off the air. She is incredible. Nobody does what she does in that show. And the fact that she can pull it off is amazing. So that's my vote. What about you? Uh, I agree with you there. She's fantastic. Oh, my, my goodness. secondary would be Viola Davis from How to Get Away with Murder just because she's so captivating um, in that show. I yeah. don't watch Homeland. And I typically love Claire Danes, so I don't know. She gives a great she performance might. in that show. Yeah. She is absolutely insane in that show. And uh, and it's a, a really powerful performance. Um, but... But yeah, nobody beats uh, Tatiana playing seven or eight different people and playing them well. It's amazing. Oh, yeah, it's, and they're different. Yeah, like, it's we're not amazing. Talking, yeah. When they're on screen together, you know exactly who she each character is, even though it's the same person playing them just through speech mm-hmm. patterns and, you know, uh, physical mannerisms. I just, it's a really great performance. Really impressed with that. Yeah. And what, what made it even more clear that it was an amazing performance is to me is when the guy version happened in Orphan Black where there was, you know, a guy playing several different and he just wasn't as good at it. Like I kept wondering yeah. like which one is that again? Which one I can't tell and it just made me realize how incredible the performance she's pulling off is. Um so I loved that. Um Yeah, she's fantastic. Anything else you wanted to talk about? I'm not sure I want to talk about necessarily limited series stuff, although um I guess Fargo's in that category which was absolutely incredible this year and People versus OJ mm-hmm. Simpson was good. Um, but I don't really know a lot of those other categories. What else was nominated for comedy? I'm not seeing the the actual shows nominated here. Outstanding comedy series was Blackish, Master of None, Modern Family, Silicon Valley, Transparent, Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, and Veep. I have to say, I'm not watching Silicon Valley, but my husband is, and he loves it. Oh, it's funny. Yeah, um, it's good. Yeah, he and and I think it helps that he is like an engineer in that exact like area like we live in california does so he watch he... uh halt and catch fire as well no i don't think so okay halt and catch fire is the dramatic version of silicon valley it takes place during the same time you know same okay. industry it's um and it's really well done so you might want to suggest that to him as well nice i will uh yeah silicon valley's great um i haven't watched transparent yet uh like you said unbreakable kimmy schmidt is awesome did you watch master of none i did not it was interesting uh, My a husband season, watched sorry. it and he didn't like it. 
Yeah, it's, uh, I think so it's an I think that kind of turned me away from it. Yeah, I think and it's an acquired taste. It makes taste. me sad because I really, really love Aziz Ansari. Like, Parks and Rec is one of my favorite shows mm-hmm. of all time. And so I was very excited for it. And he was like, uh, I don't know. I didn't really like it. And there's so much TV that... If somebody tells me that it's not good, there's always something to fill its place, even oh, if I might have sure. liked it. You know, <laughs> for sure. Um, yeah, I'm. I would have to give that category to Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt as well, even though I don't think it's going to win. Same. I love it, but yeah, I don't think. I, I think it's probably either Modern Family or Blackish. I think you might see Transparent pull it out. I could see that too. There's yeah. something about that show I think that that really appeals uh, to the voters. Uh, drama series, The Americans Better Call Saul, which I love, uh, Downton Abbey for the last time, uh, Game of Thrones, Homeland, House of Cards, and Mr. Robot. Boy, that's a lineup. Mm-hmm. I think it's got to be Game of Thrones. It's got to be Game I'm of Thrones. So and they had just two of the best episodes, if not the two best episodes of this entire show this mm-hmm. last season. Um, it, and just in general, I think the season was really strong. Um, it took a little time getting started at the beginning, but it did that thing that Game of Thrones always does where everything kind of like suddenly starts happening. So I think we needed that. Uh, but I don't know. I, I love Game of Thrones, so I think I'm a little biased. <laughs> Listen, I, I don't blame you. Um, this past season of Game of Thrones was possibly one of the greatest seasons of TV ever. It was just compelling. Uh, it was, every week was a movie. Um, mm-hmm. uh, the battle scene in, I think the penultimate episode, or maybe it was the third from the end. I can't remember was possibly the most amazing thing I've ever seen on television. It was so incredible. And it's really interesting because it turned from a show where when it first came out, it was, it felt to me like, because I didn't know the, you know, the book series, it felt to me like, Oh, it's an HBO show with lots of violence and sex. I get it. And so I didn't really tune much into it. And then the more I started hearing about how well it was put together, I finally went back and started it. And I'm, I really am glad I did. It's great storytelling. And I, it, it must be pulling from some you know great source material in the books. So um, pretty incredible stuff. Yeah, I hadn't, I hadn't read the books. And I just started reading them during this break. I'm on the third book right now. So amazing. And like if you, if you like the show and you're a big reader i can't recommend them enough because there's so much more in the books i mean obviously you know that but it like i'm blown away by how much more the books have to offer than the show which is already so good and i did i did actually start reading the books i'm through several chapters of the first book um i haven't i haven't dug into it in a in a while but one thing i found in reading the books was that it helps so much to have seen the show first because I feel like I would be lost in a lot of ways if I didn't already know these characters. Does that make mm. sense? So I feel like oh, totally. n- knowing all the, you know, where the future might go in the book, because I don't know that it's exactly the same, and knowing who these characters are kind of helped me be able to enter into that world in the book uh, pretty easily. Uh, speaking of Game of Thrones, another person I'm rooting for is Peter Dinklage uh, in Supporting Actor. I think that's would be Ooh, awesome yeah, to see always. him. Yeah, always. He's fantastic. Awesome to see him win that. Any other thoughts? With the awards? Um, I mean, just since we were on uh, Game of Thrones, I really love Kit Harrington, And he's up against Peter Dinklage, but Kit pulled out some amazing stuff in that battle episode. I, I don't know. Oh, he, no. He's, Who are you going to choose, Low? I don't know. We I think just, Peter Dinklage has more of a chance of winning. Well, that's not what I'm asking. I, we have just I appointed know. you. We have just <laughs> appointed you. You now have a vote in the Emmys, okay? Congratulations. Oh. I know you didn't know this. You now have a vote. Oh, thank you. In the Emmy Awards, 
Who are you voting oh, for? I, John for Snow. John Snow is my favorite character. Hands down. <laughs> all of a sudden, it became really it. easy. Nice. Oh yeah. When it's my vote, when I'm predicting what other people will vote, it's a little harder. But when it's my vote, I know what I'm voting for. <laughs> oh, nice. So I want to get into our fall preview stuff here pretty quick. But before we do, we both got a chance to see the movie Sully. came out last weekend. Tom Hanks uh, in the true life story of Captain Sullenberger and landing the plane in the Hudson River. So just briefly, let's chat a little bit about that and uh, and review it a bit. What did you think? I liked it. Um, I didn't like it as much as I thought I would, but I still thought it was a great movie. It did what it was trying to do. So did Um, you have super high expectations then? Were you thinking it was going to be amazing? Partly just because I'm kind of a sucker for like just emotional movies where it's like, you know, the triumph of mankind, like that sort of stuff. Uh-huh. And like seeing this uh, amazing feat. And I think it was a little bit more about Sully after the fact than I was expecting. Um, I knew that it was partly about like the trial and all the investigations and stuff, but I kind of expected it to be a little bit more about the actual kind of as it happens crash and they broke it up a little bit which i think took me out of it so that i wasn't as like tense and in the moment as the plane is going through the crash like at first like we saw the actual water landing separate from the bird strike like they broke it up as him like remembering it which is a way to do that but i just don't think it worked as well as it could have for me personally. I think you're absolutely right. It is the one issue I had with the movie was was structural. I think it could have been told a little bit better. I don't necessarily need it completely linear, uh, but I I also kind of want it to. I, I don't know. I want to see that that plain thing from beginning to end. And I guess they they did have that in the movie at one point or a couple points. That's the problem. It's hard to remember. It's hard to remember how they showed us what happened actually on the plane. And I just, I wanted to see more of that stuff as well um, throughout the movie. Having said that, Hanks is a national treasure. Uh, He is so incredible in this. Um, I I felt like he was Sully and he just, uh, I mean, the the movie rides on him, obviously. He he carries this movie and I thought he did a wonderful job. Oh, for sure. And I thought as supporting actors go, it, in this obviously relied mostly on Tom Hanks, but I think Aaron Eckhart did a great job as well, uh, kind of playing off of him as the uh, co-pilot or what was it? First officer. Yeah, I guess technically it's first officer anymore. Not co <laughs> It's like they're not, it's not stewardess anymore. It's flight attendant. So you just, you just have yeah. to get all the, the names right. I think also the they're, de- lingo. they're dealing with the fact that um, this really happened over, what was it? You know, 200 seconds. Where yeah. from beginning to end, and so it's not like it's a huge event to have to to deal with. Um, so I can understand why why Eastwood wanted to do it this way. But I find his directing in general, Clint Eastwood, by the way, directed it. I find his directing in general to be a little ponderous for me. Um, the only movie where I felt like he broke out of that, and it's my favorite Eastwood movie. Um, oh, and I'm forgetting the name. Um, Ah, uh, what is it's? I think it's the name of a car. Gran Torino. Yes, thank you. The- That's my dad's favorite movie of all time. He <laughs> loves it. <laughs> uh, I think I think Gran Torino is his best film, and it's because it doesn't feel as ponderous as a lot of his other films feel. There's nothing wrong with taking your time and you know setting a pace, 
But structure-wise, if I'm not compelled through the movie, then I have a tendency to sit back in a movie, and it doesn't feel as exciting to me or as entertaining to me. Does that make sense? Oh, oh yeah. And I, I think mostly what it is is that there wasn't enough tension for me to get in the space that Sully was, as far as him having these flashbacks and how stressful it was being away from his family and all these sort of things, because I didn't have that kind of tension building to like a huge crescendo of them doing the water landing until like halfway through the movie. Um, so it felt, it felt out of order to me. Um, not that it couldn't have been done in flashbacks, but I never, yeah, I just never felt like I got the full. And I think after the trailer, I was expecting it to have this kind of huge opening and then dealing with the aftermath after the fact, because mm-hmm. the trailer focused so much on the chanting of those stewardesses, which is terrifying to hear and in the movie it did the same thing where i was like oh my gosh and then they cut right after that um so i didn't have the rest of that water landing and you know until the very end of the movie yeah yeah absolutely question from the chat is tom better as captain phillips or captain sullenberger what do you think oh i don't know they're such different well that's what makes it amazing right is that they're so different and yet he does (laughs) them both so well uh i if only for the final scene of Captain Phillips, I'm going to say Captain Phillips. Uh, yeah. That final I think they moment, gave him more to do. Yeah, that final moment with him as Captain Phillips in that movie is so powerful. And I don't know that there's something like that in this movie that is that powerful. Having said that, he certainly gives a great performance and you believe him in it and you buy into it. So it's still a great performance. Oh, of course. Yeah. Um, what did you think about the behind-the-scenes aspect of this movie, which is what the movie cho- chose to emphasize, the trial of you know, whether or not he did the right thing, that kind of thing? Did that work for you? It worked for me. Um, I still think that it had the same issue as cutting up the actual crash did, whereas they're cutting up all of these proceedings. So again, it's it's like tension getting in the way of tension. Like Those are two different types of... Uh, things that I'm meant to be experiencing, but one of them is like physical. I don't know that terror is the right word, but you know, like physical stress mm-hmm. and then like mental. And they, it felt like they were headbutting against each other for me that like, as soon as I got to the point where I was like, oh man, like what's going to happen to him? Like, is he going to lose his license? Like, I don't know enough about the real event to know what happened to him after the fact. So I was very kind of into it. And then all of a sudden they would cut back to kind of this like harrowing ordeal of them like evacuating people. And I'm like, wait, wait, but there's things happening in both of these timelines that I am into and and engrossed in. And I was getting taken out of it every time they cut between the two. And that's interesting, too, because you're not getting taken out because you're not interested in the other thing. You're getting taken out because it's a different kind of investment. There's a different kind of investment you have in what's happening on the Hudson versus what's happening in the, you know, in the trial or in the courtroom or in his you know, in his marriage or in his, you know, trying to question himself, which are all powerful things. They're just different. And so to, to intersperse them, it's almost, it's, it's almost like a, um, you know, shifting gears too quickly or something like that. So no, I totally agree with that. I think that's a a valid point, but overall you'd recommend it. Yeah. Yeah. No, uh, even with me saying that the tension was kind of released a few too many times, I still think it was a great movie. I cried a little at the end, but as I already said, I cried easily. (laughs) I did not cry in this one, uh, but uh, but that's because it's not a Pixar movie. I just cry at Pixar movies. That's it. Those are the oh, only gotcha. ones I'm allowed to cry at. So. <laughs> Thank you so much for your support of what goes on at the Shoe the Dough Podcast Network. Sif Pop is a part of the network, and we could not do this podcast without your support as a patron. 
Big news for supporters. We are actually uh, able now through Patreon to have a dedicated RSS feed for the podcast. Now, what this means is any audio we upload to Patreon will automatically be available in your podcast player if you insert this RSS into it. Now, as a patron, you will have access to this. Other people won't. So you'll get stuff like uh, the pre-show that we do that you don't often hear on the podcast, uh, the spoilers episodes, those kind of things will be for patrons in that patron-only podcast feed. So if you're interested in that, go to patreon.com slash shoe the dough. That's the name of the podcast network. And you can check out the feed there. And thank you so much for your support. We could not do it without you. All right, on to our fall preview. What are we looking forward to before the end of the year? Uh, TV kicking into high gear. Let's start there. Uh, Lo, I've asked you to pick three shows that you're looking forward to. Let's do this. Let's start with your most anticipated, and then I'll give okay. my most anticipated, and we'll go down the list, and then if we name each other's, we'll just you know scratch it off the list, and we'll talk about it. So what do you got? All What's right. your number one? My number one, and it's a little bit of a black horse. It's a Frequency, which is premiering on the CW. Ah. This is mostly because I love the original movie. It's a movie that I don't necessarily think is like the best movie ever or anything like that. But there was a period in my life where I considered that my favorite movie. <laughs> it's so um, good. Jim Caviezel is. Is, is great in it. I remember just a couple years ago, I was like, oh, I want to show this movie to my boys. I remember, the, you know, the father-son uh, thing and just have the powerful emotion stuff. So I start showing this movie to them, and I'm like, oh, wait, this is about serial killers. <laughs> I was like, yeah, this is yeah, a it's little an intense dark. movie. <laughs> it's an intense movie, but it also has to do with, like, father-son relationships and, like, grief and all these really great things. It seems like they're going a slightly different direction with the show because instead of being, like, a uh, like they had a good relationship and she just misses her father – it seems from what little they've released so far that it's more that he was into some bad stuff. Like maybe he was. Oh, this, interesting. Like, you know, I can't really tell from the trailer and I haven't done a ton of research into it because I don't want to spoil everything for myself. So I've just seen the trailer. But um, it, it seems like maybe he got in with some like bad people who killed him. So that will be kind of the drama as opposed to the serial killer aspects that was in the original one. But it seems like other than that, it's going to be pretty much the same where you've got this sort of changing things in the past and how that affects the future. And then, you know, the dominoes fall and you're trying to stop ba- other bad things from happening because you stop something else from happening. So I'm very interested in that. I love time travel. So, <laughs> yeah, I, I am curious about it. I'm not excited about it. I, I like you do have a place of. Uh, you know, a soft place in my heart for the movie. And it's one of the reasons I'm really casting kind of a crooked eye at this because Mm. I'm just afraid it's going to be too different and not have the same, you know, resonance or heart as the original because doing a TV show where it has to be, you know, episodic in a lot of ways steals some of that, uh, that complete story that you get when you can, you know, do a movie. So I, I don't know. I I'm curious about it, but I'm not excited about it. If that makes sense. Fair enough, fair enough. My number one is Atlanta, which has already started airing. I think there are three episodes in. This is on FX. Uh, it stars Donald Glover, who you may remember from Community, mm-hmm. um, and is a really quirky, interesting, um, inner-city-based show. And 
I will say because it's on FX, they don't have a lot of the same you know rules that network television does. So be aware, uh, it's not one necessarily to watch with the kids for sure. But it is so well written and so funny. And I was anticip it was my number one anticipated just because of Donald Glover's involvement. And I think he's a really smart guy. And I wanted to see if he could branch out and be uh, and really embrace the acting side of what he does, the dramatic side of what he does. And I think this this avenue is. Perfect for him. This will be the role I believe that he will fall into the most easy uh, for what he does. So um, I have watched a couple of the episodes, and it is living up to expectations for me. That's my number nice. one. Nice. What's nice. your number two? My number two is Luke Cage on Netflix. Oh, premieres in just a couple weeks. Here, I've been loving all of the Marvel Netflix shows. They have all blown me away. Specifically, Jessica Jones, which obviously Luke Cage was introduced in. I'm so excited to see his show, and I think he's fantastic, and it's a compelling character. So I'm going to be honest. I'm going to be honest. I didn't even know that was coming out this soon. I knew it was on the docket at some point, but it's coming out in a couple weeks. September 28th. Wow, Luke Cage. So what? Like he's just he's just like a man that can't like his skin doesn't he can't be cut. Yeah. That's his yes. superpower, right? Yeah, he's like super strong and impenetrable. <laughs> All right. All yeah. Right. The trailer. Have you seen the trailer? for No, it? I haven't. Okay, it's it's a good trailer. I would I would look it up. I think they did a really great. We job don't with it. watch trailers here at Sif Pop Low. Come on, you oh. should know that by now. We are well, trailer then. free. <laughs> uh, my number two, uh, actually, the pilot episode of this is out as well. I believe is Son of Zorn. Uh, this is the one where Jason Sudeikis voices, Sudeikis voices a animated He-Man type character who is returning to the real world of Los Angeles to reconnect with his family and his estranged son. So it is animation mixed with real world filming um, and it is just weird and interesting and funny and I'm really excited to kind of see... If it lasts where it goes, that kind of stuff. So, I mean, who did who doesn't want to see He Man in the real world? I mean, come I on. saw that. I saw some stuff about that, and it looks very interesting. I don't know that it's my style mm-hmm. of like comedy, but it looks very funny, and I think a lot of people will really enjoy it. Plus, I'm a huge Sudeikis fan. I think he's so great and so funny, and so I, I really like him as well. What do you got at number three? My number three. It's another time travel thing. There's actually quite a few time travel shows coming out. No kidding this uh this fall uh this one is timeless on nbc it's basically in a sentence homeland security travels through time to try and stop some people who have stolen a time machine so there's a time machine somebody steals it and goes back in time and they're trying to stop them from changing things I and get, like i said i love time time travel so i just get too caught up in the mental gymnastics of time travel and so i'm trying to think <laughs> of the paradoxes and is it is it possible? Is it not possible? And that time travel stuff is fun for me to a point, and then I just get my brain hurts. And so it becomes a little less fun. It depends for me. It depends how they present it. If, if they're going to just not have rules, I am more than willing to turn my brain off and not worry about the paradoxes and stuff. But if they're going to be like, I don't know, primer or something and like really dig into exactly how everything works, then mm-hmm. I will also jump on board with that. But if, if they don't put forward the effort, I'm okay with it not really making sense and just following along the story. Oh, that's interesting. Goes. I wish I could do that. 
It seems like there was a conversation like that in the movie Looper, where Bruce Willis is talking to Joseph Gordon-Levitt, and he's like, why are you trying to overthink this? It's just time travel. I'm just like, oh, yeah, yeah wish I could turn my brain <laughs> off like that. Sorry about that. See, that's another movie that I love that I know it's kind of divisive, yeah. uh, depending on who you are. My number three is The Good Place, uh, about a woman who accidentally goes to heaven. And uh, and I really don't know much about it other than it looks funny, it looks interesting, and I'm always up for a good comedy. So that one was my number three. Have you seen much about that one? Uh, just a little bit when I was looking up TV shows for this exact reason. Uh, I saw it and it looked interesting, but it I don't know. I, it looks it looks fun. We'll see where it goes. Uh, yeah. Now, now let's talk about the most important thing: the movies. Woo! All right, we'll do the same thing. Number one through number five. What are you looking forward to by the end of the year? Uh, I will start this time with okay. my number one, which is Rogue One. I mean, it's Star <gasps> Me Wars. Me too. So I, <laughs> we, can just, we can just say it. We can just get it out there. Uh, I can't imagine anything I'd be more excited to see than a Star Wars movie, especially after episode seven and how well they did with that and just how, how much care and respect they're treating the property with. I'm just I'm excited to see what happens. Same, same. And I I love the idea of it feels like it'll be a very different yet still the same type of story. Like they're still going to keep it within the realms of Star Wars and and uh, kind of keep it true to the spirit of that. But they're going a very different route. Doesn't look like it's going to be very force heavy. Um, Doesn't seem like we're going to see a lot of lightsabers. It's going to be different. And I'm excited for that. No, that's great. I love great. Star Wars so much. Absolutely. Yeah. Expand it. Expand the universe. Mm-hmm. Give us a different angle. Uh, all that kind of stuff. I think they're introducing a young uh, Han Solo in the movie at some point. Because I know they had to cast uh, uh, Eldon Aaron Reich. Is that his name? I can't remember. Yes. He was in Hail Caesar. He was amazing mm-hmm. in it. Um, so I'm excited to see what they do with that. Uh, it, just in general, I'm, I'm always, always ready for, for new Star Wars. So that'll be cool. Um, so that was both of our number one. So I'll let you give your number two next. My number two is Moana. I love Disney. I love princess stories. I'm so excited for this movie. It has so much talent behind it that I love. I mean, not to even mention, but Lin-Manuel Miranda is writing some of the music and I love him. I did not know that. You didn't? No. Oh, yes. He's doing That's some cool. of the music. Yeah. And because I knew that, as soon as the first trailer came out, I can like hear him singing. And I'm like, oh, it's Lynn. Good job, buddy. <laughs> that's, a, that's a guy from Hamilton, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah. And then The Rock, uh, who I love. Again, he's somebody that not everybody likes. He's not for everybody, but I love him. Who doesn't um, like The he's... Rock? Everybody likes The Rock. <laughs> Come on. I think it, I think in general he's just like a stand-up guy, and you don't get that super often with celebrities. At least not as much. It certainly he's feels so that in way. The spotlight. Yeah. yeah, he's so in the spotlight and such just like a wonderful person to listen to. Like just when he speaks, I just want to like hug him. Um, and just in general, I think Moana looks so good. The trailers are phenomenal, and they're doing a really great job of not giving away a lot, which is exactly what happened before Frozen. Um, and I think part of it is just that they have faith in this movie. They have a lot of faith that this movie is going to stand on its own. So we don't really know a lot about Moana herself yet. They've been focusing more on The Rock, which is exactly what they did with Frozen. They focused a lot on Olaf, and then it blew everybody away because they weren't expecting it to be as good as it was. So I'm very uh, excited. I am excited as well. It is my number five, so it was on my list. Um, All right. I, I can't imagine 
not being excited about a Disney movie. They're on such a hot streak. Um, mm-hmm. Probably since, I mean, since Bolt, really. I mean, they've just been, since, yeah. since Lasseter took over the entire animation department, they've been putting out such great stories. I think of Wreck-It Ralph. Uh, I think of, you know, obviously Frozen. Um, and they just, uh, Zootopia. Like, everyone, oh, everything they put out so is good. so good uh, that I can't imagine this won't follow suit. So, yeah, it's absolutely on my list as well. Uh, at number five. My number two, however, uh, if we're ready to move on, you say everything yeah, you need to say about, it. okay. Uh, yeah, I think so. It's, it's made by the same directors that have done all of my favorite Disney movies, including Little, ah, the little mermaid. So I'm very excited. <laughs> oh, I meant to mention, uh, just to hop back, I'll do a little bit of my own time traveling here. Uh, hop oh, back yes, in, in son of Zorn. I meant to mention it's the guys that did, uh, the Lego movie. Uh, oh, nice. Lord in, oh, I can't remember their names but yeah it's the same uh writers producers that kind of thing as lego movies so that you you know you know the humor is going to be on point because those guys are really smart um yeah so my number two is la la land and i am so excited about this movie haven't seen a trailer because i don't watch trailers but just the buzz in the pop culture community for this is huge and it sounds like it's going to be a classic style musical that honors, you know, what it means to make art. Uh, it's got people I love in it, um, like Ryan Gosling and Emma Stone. Uh, and I love musicals. I've been ready for a new, like, great new original musical for a long time. Apparently, at Telluride a couple weeks ago, it got two mid-movie ovations and a five-minute standing ovation when it was over. So it's obviously impacting people. I am really excited about La La Land. Same. It's my number five. I'm... Um... So excited for this movie. I love everybody behind it. I love exactly what you said about it's like a musical that's like paying tribute to like the Silver Age musicals that were so popular during that time period. And I have seen the trailer and it looks fantastic. There's two different trailers and the two songs that are in these two different trailers are amazing. One is featuring each of the lead actors so you can kind of get a taste of their singing voices because I can't recall either of them singing in any sort of like major capacity um, before this. So I think Ryan Gosling did a little bit in a movie, but I can't remember what movie it was. I feel like I remember him singing a little bit, but nothing like this kind of Broadway, like show tune style, uh, you know, he's another one like intense. He's another one that's on a hot streak. I'm really impressed with him as an actor recently. Uh, Everything Mm -hmm. it seems that I see him in, even if I don't like the movie, I'm like, Oh, but I like Gosling. He, he, you know, he's he's just one of those guys. Emma Stone's, you know, the same way. I've always enjoyed her as well. But, but Gosling especially is is somebody I look forward to seeing these days. Oh yeah, they're fantastic. All right, on to number three. What do you got? My number three is Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. Oh, nice. I I am a huge Harry Potter fan. I was utterly disappointed by the book that came out earlier this year. So all of my eggs are in the Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them basket. Um, I, I do think that it has more going for it than the than the play did that they released because this is actually written by J.K. Rowling, whereas the play was just supervised by her. Mm-hmm. Um, and It was like supervised I, fan fiction. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Supervised awful fan fiction, <laughs> yeah. but I don't need to go down that path again. Um, but yeah, Fantastic Beasts, I think it looks really good. I love um, Eddie Redmayne. I think that he will be fantastic. I, I I just, I love Harry Potter. I just got to go to the Harry Potter world for the first time about two months ago, and it was 
amazing. So I'm like back on that kind of like Harry Potter high that I haven't really had, I don't know, probably since the last movie came out. So well, that's part of it is just that there's a hype train. Sure. I'm on it. <laughs> Will we know any of the characters in this? Are there crossover characters from the Harry Potter universe that will show up here? As far as I know, not really in the sense that if you aren't very familiar with Harry Potter, you probably won't know who any of them are. Like Newt Scamander is a character that we Yeah, I don't know who that is. In, yeah, which is a character that if you are a huge Harry Potter fan, you know who he is. But it's kind of like Star Wars where you're like, will there be characters in Rogue One that we know? It's like, oh, Darth Vader. And then you can list off a bunch of other people that have been in other things right. I mentioned. But if you aren't a huge Star Wars fan, you're not going to know who they are. Same thing here. There's there's a few people that we have heard of before, but nobody that we've actually met as far as I know. I think Darth Vader's probably more well-known than Newt Scamander. I'm just, I'm just <laughs> yes. guessing oh, on that. Oh, for sure. <laughs> okay. I'm just, just guessing on that one. Uh, my number three is Passengers. Um, and this is one that interests me for the talent involved. You've got Jennifer Lawrence uh, and you've got uh, – his name is slipping my mind – uh, Andy Dwyer. I forget his name. <laughs> I know, right? He's just in Jurassic World. He's been in Guardians of the Galaxy. He's doing everything. This is why I get embarrassed at the awards every year, because I don't even know the famous Chris people. Pratt. Since. Yes, Pratt. <laughs> Chris Pratt. Good night. Uh, yeah, so it's got Pratt, and it's got Lawrence, and it seems to be spacey, maybe time travel-y. There's something interesting going on. It's getting a lot of buzz. I'm really curious about this one. Very much anticipating it. That is my number four, so nice. I'm right there with you. <laughs> Very nice. Uh, well, do you know anything more about it than I do as being a trailer person? Um, there is no trailer yet. In fact, that's oh, been good. Like, kind of crazy among people that have been excited for this movie. Everybody's like, we need something. No, you they don't. Released, like, no, you don't. A couple Just go to the movie. <laughs> tiny little clips that have been released, but nothing that gives anything away by any means. Um, you know, just some promotional shots and things like that. I'm even uh, hearing some buzz about Pratt for possibly generating awards buzz. So, you know, ooh. as I look at like the odds and stuff, his name is popping up in the best actor category. So not that J-Law needs another award, <laughs> but she's an actress that I, I love. I think some people are a little sick of her, but I thoroughly enjoy her. And so I'm really excited for this pairing of people. I think they'll be really great. Um, especially because they both have some great comedic chops. Yeah. And while it seems like this is going to be more of a drama, but, you know, it seems like they'll definitely be able to draw on some of that and it'll make them, uh, in a movie that seems like it'll be just the two of them for probably 80% of the movie, if not more, that it's something that they'll be able to stand on with making the characters very likable and wanting to spend that, you know, probably two-hour movie with just those characters. Yeah. This is the one that I am most concerned that I will not be able to see before nominating mm. for awards this year when we do the Critics' Choice Awards because they moved our awards up to the middle of December. So our awards yeah. show is December 11th this year. And, you know, we will get screeners ahead of time for a lot of these movies, but that movie is a Christmas movie. And that's like two weeks after our awards show. And I'm just not sure they're going to have screeners out yet. So it'll be interesting. I'm, I'm hoping I get to see it you know, in time to, to really consider yeah. it. But it, it is going to be an interesting awards for Critics' Choice this year, uh, trying to make sure everything gets seen and, and given, you know, proper due. Because I'm pretty sure the other one I won't have seen by nominations for sure is Rogue One. There's no way I'll have seen, you know, that they're yeah. going to release that early. 
So, and that comes out actually the weekend of our awards. So it'll and be. And La La Land will just be the week beforehand. I mean, like you'll have time to see it, but yeah. I mean, when do you have to have your nominations in? So, by? nominations, I think, are due by the end of November. And then the actual voting on the awards happens like two days before the, the actual awards take place. So, um, so, we'll certainly get to be able to vote for those that are nominated. But if, you know, if people don't get to see them before nominations, they won't get nominated. Which happened yeah. last year with the Star Wars movie, and it was kind of this big kerfuffle because we added Star Wars as one of our Best Picture nominees after we had already done nominations. Oh, because, wow. Because nobody had seen it, so they had a special vote among the, the body to say, hey, if you had seen this before nominations, would you have nominated it? And I guess enough people said yes that they went ahead and put it in the list. So Wow. Yeah, it was interesting. So it may be even more interesting this year with them being early. <laughs> But uh, but I'm hoping Passengers is one I'll get to see before then. I think if I'm if I'm doing my uh, my mental gymnastics right, I think you've named all your five, haven't you? We've named I all have, your five. Okay, yep. I've just got my number four here, so we'll talk about it. Uh, do you want to take a guess? Ooh, I have no idea, honestly. I mean, come on, there's a Marvel movie coming out, so oh, that's true, Doctor Strange. It has to be Doctor <laughs> Strange. I don't know why I'm not excited for that movie. I'm not like I don't think it'll be bad or anything, but I'm just not getting any of the hype. I wonder why that is. I don't know. Are you, <laughs> I have no idea. Are you slowing on the Marvel thing? Like, is it just you've had enough of, you know, Marvel no. movies being amazing? And maybe <laughs> I don't know. I hadn't really, <laughs> I haven't really thought about it. I read the comic and I love Doctor Strange, so I don't know. <laughs> we'll see. So, as someone who reads the comic um, mm-hmm. and know that the movie's coming out, what are your thoughts as far as? Is there a difficulty level? Because I'm, I'm not you know, familiar with the source material. All I know is that Benedict Cumberbatch is playing some sort of character with a cape because I've seen the poster. Um, but uh, is you, knowing the, you know, the source material, how does that change your view of what might happen in this movie? It's, uh, I, I think the only way that you can kind of talk about it is that if you remember when Guardians of the Galaxy was coming out and that was so different than anything Marvel had done. Yeah. This is that turned up a little bit because we've never we've kind of touched on magic a little and we've kind of touched on like different dimensions a little in the sense of thor Mm -hmm. but they they put that in such a science space for those movies that it folds in very well this is straight up magic like there's no if ands or buts about it this is straight up like inception like time bending like Mm. like it, it's it's a very very different world, and he's very powerful within the Marvel universe, and can do a lot of things that we haven't seen in the cinematic universe yet. Yeah. I'm interested to see where it is. I'm just for some reason not like crazy excited for it. I'm I until they let me down, I will always be crazy excited for a Marvel movie. I haven't <laughs> been let down by one yet. Um, I've loved them all. Uh, some more than others, but love them all. They're very much on that Pixar level for me, uh, where yeah. it's just like, in, until they make a bad movie, I'm just going to trust them. And, you know, a Cars 2 can come out, and I'll be like, okay, that's not a great movie, but it's still not a bad movie. So, you yeah. know, there's just... I personally love Cars. I don't get the whole internet hate behind that movie. I think it's a great... With you there. Um, so, anything we didn't mention that you wanted to, that you wanted to bring up? I can kind of go down some of the awards buzz, because I, I have that stuff. In front of me, Fences is one that a lot of people are talking about. Um, that's the Denzel Washington one. Yeah, I think it's Denzel Washington. It's based on a play, I think, if I'm remembering right. So that's one. That one's getting a little bit of buzz. Um, 
other than that, I don't know that there's anything coming out that, that a lot of people would know about. It's, it's kind of, you know, Oscar season is one of those that just kind of builds up and then stuff starts gaining momentum and, you know, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I think that's, I think we pretty much covered, covered what we wanted to. Oh, no, the Hacksaw Ridge was the other one I wanted to mention. Have you heard much about that one? No. So Hacksaw Ridge is uh, a war movie. I think Mel Gibson is directing it and uh, has um, some really great actors in it. It's getting a little bit of buzz, so I'm definitely interested. That's a good lineup. Yeah. Just right away, Andrew Garfield and Sam Worthington? Yep. Yeah. That's awesome. So I'm very curious about how that will turn up. Say what you want about Mel Gibson. He makes incredible movies. He really knows how to direct, especially when there's violence involved. He has a real understanding mm-hmm. of what violence does to the human psychology, how, you know, how to understand that. One of his most underrated films, in my opinion, is Apocalypto. Uh, I love that movie. Yeah. Incredible. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> incredible. So, yeah, I'm, I'm always curious to see what he's going to do. Uh, so Hacksaw Ridge would, would probably be up there on mine as well. Well, there you go. That, go ahead. One that I'm just remembering that I'm sort of excited for is uh, American Honey. Um, it's got Shia LaBeouf in it, who is somebody that I always really enjoy. Um, I think he's a, a really great actor in everything that I've ever seen him in. It's, I'm not sure that I'm excited for American Honey so much as that I'm just really curious. Um, have you heard of it? No, I haven't. Not at all, actually. Um, it's very like, uh, like the American dream and these teenagers, like, going around the country, like, making their way. Like, it, it's, it seems like it's definitely geared at teens and kind of like the, I don't know, like, just a stereotype, like the Burning Man crowd, kind mm-hmm. of. Sure. Um, uh, so it's, it's more that I'm just very curious. It's getting some buzz that I've seen with people just saying that it's fantastic. Um, okay. Who have seen it at festivals and stuff. So, and I do really love Shia LaBeouf. So I'm excited for it. I think it looks... Interesting, to say the least. <laughs> I'll throw out some other names that you will probably be hearing. Uh, Manchester by the Sea. Uh, Casey Affleck is getting a lot of buzz for his performance in that. Uh, Loving. Uh, Joel Edgerton is getting some buzz in that. Um, Collateral Beauty is Will Smith's movie that's going to be coming out. Uh, mm. no- Nocturnal Animals, Jake Gyllenhaal. Uh, so there are a lot of them that will be coming out over these next couple months that you'll start to hear, you know, kind of awards buzz, that kind of stuff. But... As far as actual movies that I'm really looking forward to see, I think we pretty much covered them all. Yeah. Let's do some buried treasure, Lo. What do you got? Right. Uh, what do you got that you want to recommend to people from the world of pop culture? I have just finished um, The Martian, the book that the movie was based off of by Andy Weir or Weir. I don't know okay. how to pronounce his last name. It. If you liked the movie, if you liked the humor in the movie and the suspense. This is exactly that. Um, there's a lot more in the book. Obviously, it's a book, um, but it's so funny. And I, just as surprised that the book was as funny as the movie was, because uh, when, when I saw the movie, I did not expect it to be a movie that I was laughing out loud right? at. But the character is just as personable in the book as he is you know, on screen. It's not just something that Matt Damon brought to the table. It was definitely written that way. And... Uh, it's a very interestingly written book in that you've got stuff that is prose and then you also have the audio logs, which are something that you see in the movie. But it's interesting to uh, to read those and very, very funny book um, while still being kind of harrowing and, and intense. Very nice. Uh, you're getting some agreement from the chat. Uh, Adab says the book was great. Actually read it first. So um, 
So that's good to know. I like it when a book can live up to a movie, or I guess it should be the other way around, that the movie can live up to the book. <laughs> I suppose yes. that's the way it should be. Uh, My Buried Treasure is a show I just caught up on the first season of. It's just starting season two, and I've heard enough buzz about it that I thought, you know what, I'll go check it out. It's called Documentary Now. Have you heard of it? No. Documentary Now is on IFC, the Independent Film Channel Network, and it is done by Bill Hader, Seth Meyers, and Fred Armisen, all SNL guys. And every episode is a like a mockumentary. It's a fake documentary that they've put together from an era. So the show itself is like a show that honors documentaries, supposedly. And then each documentary is is this fake, interesting take on what different types of documentaries do. And Bill Hader and Fred Armisen are in every one as different characters. And it is really funny. And really smart and really good. I've I've enjoyed it. Each episode is only 20 minutes long. So okay. they're very bite-sized. And the entire first season is only seven episodes long. So you can get through the entire first season in just over two hours. And nice. it, yeah, it's, it's really well done. So season two just started this week, I think, and might be one, if you haven't heard of, that you, you want to search and, and check out because I'm having a I'm really good time with it. I'm already very interested. I really love... Um Portlandia, which yeah. also has Fred Armisen yes. in it, and yeah. it kind of sounds similar in that it's like two people playing all of the main characters. Yes, um, but they just change all the time. Obviously, it's different, but I don't, yeah, that sounds super interesting. I'm, you've piqued my interest. I will yeah. definitely check that out. Well, people piqued my interest, and I finally checked it out. And it's one of those things. I very, very rarely am I let down when there's a uh, you know kind of a groundswell in my sources behind something and. And this is this is the same. I I really think it's it's worth checking out because I'm having a good time, good time with it, and uh, it's good for a laugh, and it's it's also really interesting. And I love those those two things together. Well, that's it, Lo. Well done. Woo! It sounds, we did it. We did it, and uh, we did it um, without Captain Sully landing a plane in your backyard because apparently uh, you're right yes. there near an airport. <laughs> I know. I'm always so self-conscious when I'm recording stuff <laughs> all the time. It's good. It's good. It's, you know, it's, just, it's good. It's nice white noise, right? Probably helps you sleep. Yeah. It adds to the ambiance. There you go. See? There's a silver lining. Thanks so much for joining us today for Sif Pop. It's part of the Shoe the Dough Podcast Network. You can find out more about other live and later shows on the network by following the feed at Mixler.com slash Shoe the Dough. Mixler, by the way, is spelled M-I-X-L-R.com slash Shoe the Dough. Huge thanks to today's guru, The Curious Low. Woo! My pleasure. Yeah, what do you want to plug? Where can people find you? You can find me at The Curious Low on Twitter and YouTube. You can also find me at Geekvolution on YouTube. Uh, specifically, lately, we've been doing our comic book late night show on Monday nights. And that's live. So if you enjoy chatting with us here while we do this show live, it's kind of the same sort of thing. Nice. Much love and gratitude also to our Patreon supporters for giving monthly to make this show and others on the network possible. Support starts at a dollar a month, comes with some pretty fun perks. You can find out more info at patreon.com slash shoe the dough. Also, if you wouldn't mind leaving a comment, leaving a rating, doing what you can at iTunes, that really helps the podcast out. We'd very much appreciate it. Any feedback you have, you can email us. Just email shoe the dough at gmail.com.
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.